title is Love Your Enemy. In the scripture I got it from was Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. And it reads, You shall not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. I thank the Lord for really giving me this scripture. And whenever I try to find a message, I usually try to get it from the Old Testament. And I use supporting scripture from the New Testament. And this scripture, I didn't realize how deep it could go. And uh, I believe this is a bit short, this message, but it goes much deeper if we spend a lot of, a lot of time studying this. Because it goes beyond just knowing who our enemy is. It goes and it really touches on love and understanding what love is truly about in our life. We know that love should never be based on just our feelings. But many times we base that on how we feel towards somebody if we're angry, we don't love them. One good example of this love is our parents. That when we make a mistake, they still love us. They still accept us. Even though they're upset. And our God... Jesus still loves us even though we mess up. Sin enters back into our life and we make that mistake. It's the human nature in us, that flesh. And we try to keep ourselves away from it and escape from that sin. And in Leviticus, in Leviticus chapter 19, love in the scripture goes well beyond our feelings. What came to me the most to understand what this love is, of how we love our enemy, is a willingness, a desire to care and love those who hurt us. I know this is hard. I've been through it several times. And when God spoke that into my heart about having a willingness and a desire to love somebody, I I did not want to share the message. I was like, Lord, (laughs) uh, this is really hard. 
because it goes so deep when you apply that relationship, that love is a willingness and a desire to love your enemy. If the person you don't like needs something and you know about it, many times we just ignore them. I know some people will laugh or we kind of like make fun of it. Like they're having trouble now. I know what to do. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to let them suffer. Let them go through it. But we know, as a Christian, we should help them instead. As we would help ourselves or someone we care about. What we don't realize that when we ignore somebody is that we're giving up a blessing. That generosity that you show to that other person could surprise them. It will surprise them because they did not expect it from you. They didn't expect to find goodness. And from it, God will take care of you. So if your enemy hasn't eaten, they didn't eat lunch, and they're hungry, we should buy them something to eat. We should not forget about them. If they're thirsty, we should give them something to drink. This comes straight out of Proverbs chapter 25. Because we are a light of Jesus Christ. And He shines through us. In Samuel, the first book, Samuel chapter 24, King Saul took an army, or it says companies, but it was an army, to find one person, to find David. And he wanted to kill David. As Saul was running around looking for David, he came to a cave. And he went inside because he had to use the restroom. Now, while this is all going on, where could David be? In all of Israel. David and his men were huddled back in the same cave that King Saul had walked into. They were far back enough in the darkness that nobody could see them. God has delivered Saul to David. Straight out of scripture. Of how God delivers the enemy into our hands. But the question is, is did David attack Saul? What did David do to Saul when he was in the cave all alone? 
There was nobody there to protect Saul. David and his men, David's men whispered to him, Can you believe it? This is the day that God was talking about when he said, I'll put your enemy in your hands. You can do whatever you want to him. Quietly, David snuck up and cut off a piece of Saul's royal robe. And immediately, David felt guilty in his heart. And then he turned to his men and said, God forbid that I should have done this to my master, God's anointed, that I should so much as raise a finger against him. He is God's anointed. David held his men in check with these words and wouldn't let them jump on Saul to kill him. So Saul got up and he left the cave. Then, David went outside the cave and called to Saul, My master, my king. Saul turned around and looked back. David fell to his knees and bowed in reverence. He called out, Why do you listen to those who say David is out to kill you? This very day, with your very own eyes, you have seen that just now in the cave, God put you in my hands. My men, my soldiers, wanted to kill you, but I wouldn't do it. I told them I won't lift a finger against my master. He's God's anointed. Oh, my father, look at this. Look at this piece that I cut from your robe. I could have cut you. I could have killed you. But I didn't. Look at the evidence. I'm not against you. I'm no rebel. I haven't sinned against you. And yet you're hunting me down to kill me. Let's decide which of us is in the right. God may avenge me. But it is in his hands, not mine. And let me stop here for a minute to point out in this scripture and also in Romans chapter 12, God talks about not striking back. We should also not think bad on another person. We should not talk bad about them or ignore them like they are a problem. The more we feed this kind of bad thoughts and behavior in our life, God will not be able to use us as a light to the world. Instead, we must be, we must have that willingness to love and care for those people who cause trouble for us. We need to let God work out that person in His own way. That person who's causing us problems, we should just turn it over to God. Let God judge them and take care of it. And if you're having trouble 
accepting this way of loving a person, we can read more on Luke chapter 18, where the scriptures talk about how God will make things right through your prayers. Don't think God will do something bad to this person. That's really not what we want. That's not what God is about. But hope and pray that God will bless your enemy with the same love is shown to you and change their life to know Jesus Christ so that they may live in peace with God and live in peace with you. Now back in the first... In, uh, First book of Samuel, chapter 24. David mentions an ancient proverb, which I found very interesting because I couldn't find it except for that one scripture. And he says, evil deeds come from evil people. So be assured that my hand won't touch you. And if we take a minute to reflect on what David is saying, about evil deeds come from evil people. What I can see from this is love does not find happiness in evil. Love does not live in evil people. So love must come from somewhere else. If we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we learn that love finds pleasure in trusting in God's way. Love believes in Jesus and desires to live in righteousness. Now, David continues with his message to Saul saying, What does the king of Israel think he's doing? Who do you think you're chasing? Am I a dead dog? Am I a flea? God on high is our judge. He will decide who is right. Oh, that he would look down right now and decide right now and set me free of you. When David had finished saying all this, Saul said, Can this be the voice of my son David? And he wept in loud sobs. You're the one in the right, not me. He continued. We've heaped good. You've heaped good on me. You've given me a lot. And I've done evil on you. And now you've done it again. Treating me so generously. God put me in your hands and you didn't kill me. But why? When a man meets his enemy, does he send him down the road with a blessing? My God, give you a bonus of blessings for what you've done for me today. I know now, beyond doubt, that you will rule as a king. The kingdom of Israel is already in your grasp. Now promise me under God that you will not kill off my family or wipe my name off the books. Now when we look at a person that has hurt us, we should not entertain thoughts that will bring down or destroy that other person. Even if it's just words and not sticks and stones. 
saying words is not God's way of handling something. God is looking at our heart and watching us. He wants to bless us and make us a shining light to everyone. But the, de- but the devil desires for you to rebel against God. When you become tempted to think bad on a person who made you angry or hurt you, give that thought to Jesus Christ. There's something we learned last week. By taking our thoughts and placing it in obedience to Christ. Let Him take it over and correct the way our heart thinks. The Holy Spirit can pull down those spiritual strongholds in our life and give us the power to forgive. Transforming our mind and our heart to produce that life-giving fruit that heals the body and resurrects the dead through Jesus Christ. And we can read more of this in Matthew chapter 15. In Isaiah chapter 40, it says we don't need to worry or complain because our Creator Jesus Christ will give us strength. With His two hands, our mighty God scooped up the ocean. He measured the sky between His thumb and little finger. Who could ever teach God or give God advice? We know God is perfect. He's perfect love. God will So it's better to listen to what the Bible says than to go to a friend and ask them advice. Because we know God's word is true. And if you do get advice from someone else, be careful who you get it from. Make sure it lines up with God's truth because His way produces good fruit. It's the only one that creates true life. His word will never return void. His love does not run out, nor does His mercy ever give up. It's new and fresh every morning. And God proves to be the God, the good God, to those who wait on Him and to those who seek Him. You can read more about this in Lamentations chapter 3. So now keep in mind, we were once enemies of God. We once had our backs turned to God. But then Jesus came, He gave Himself completely at the cross. And He died for us. He brought us back to God's side. He put us back together. And we are now called children of God. We are made holy in His image because His holy light shines through us. That is is what we are in Jesus. A holy light shining out to the world. 
We have a gift from God that no one else has. This is why the world doesn't understand us. This is why the world does not take us serious. The world does not have an idea who God really is or what He is doing. Everyone who desires to live in a sinful life, they're living in danger. Those living in sin are living on an edge, on a very high mountain. God's plan is to wipe out sin. He's going to get rid of it. And people are living in danger every day. Through God's plan, He will use Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is pure, and sin has no part of Him. A noble child of God makes a practice of sin. No true Christian goes out and sins. And no sinful person, a person living in wickedness, someone that's not living in righteousness, they really never take the time to know Jesus Christ because they got Jesus backwards. So don't let anyone steal you away from the truth. When people do the right thing, they are right. And they are in Jesus Christ. But those who live in sin are straight from the devil. Because he who was first to sin, the devil is the first. The Son of God came here to stop and forever get rid of the devil's ways. The way we know we've been transferred from death to life is that we love everyone. Anyone who doesn't love is as good as dead. Anyone who hates a person is a murderer. And you know very well that eternal life and killing someone doesn't go together. This is how we've come to understand and experience love. Christ sacrificed His life for us. This is why we ought to be a living sacrifice and not just be out for ourselves. If you see someone in need and have the means to do something about it, but turn a cold shoulder and do nothing, what happens to God's love? It disappears. And you made it disappear. So let's stop talking about love and let's start practicing real love. This is also the way to stop worrying about ourselves. Once this is done, we will no longer accuse or condemn ourselves. We will be set free in Jesus, doing what pleases Him, doing what He has commanded us, believing in the Son, Jesus Christ, and following in His footsteps, footsteps truly loving each other. And we can find this in Colossians, chapter 3, in the book, first book of First um, John, chapter three.
That's my message that I have. And I believe it really speaks deep into my heart. And when I was reading these scriptures and going over them, I knew some of these words were very strong to me. One of the things that stuck out to me in my life uh, in the scripture was about the devil. How he was the first to sin. And to associate that with a person just because they sin. I thought that was very heavy in my heart. But I know that God is right. I know His truth is real. And I must accept these things in my life. And I know many times I've ignored the fact that somebody needed help just because I don't want to bother with them. Because there's a problem between us. But according to God's word and finding all these scriptures, I've learned that that's not the right way to be a Christian. I have to love the Lord the same way He loved me. And He went out of His way by dying on the cross. It's not much. But I know the right way is to take that step forward and hope, have hope in God that there will not be a conflict between me and that other person. Trusting in the Lord and being generous as the word says. So I thank the Lord for sharing this message to me, for what Jesus did on the cross for us. I give glory to God and the Lord Jesus. Amen.